This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey everybody, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 196, recorded on Monday, January the 19th, 2015. Wow. Why is that wow? Because it's January the 19th already, and holy cannolis, uh, this year is just screaming by so far. Yeah, those these 19 days have just flown, flown by. Yeah, I feel like it was just Christmas. Well, it was just Christmas in the grand scheme, but uh, that was a whole almost month ago, so... Yeah, and in in uh, geologic time, Christmas hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> We're back to that again, eh? Yeah, <laughs> geologic time. Okay, well, I mean, if time continues at this rate, it'll The Walking Dead will be back on TV for the second half of season five before we know it. Time continues at this rate of one, so you know, of one second per second. Yeah. Um. Well, what are we? Three weeks away from the? Yeah, it's February the eighth. Uh, I think is the Sunday. So we're... If you're asking me, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I think it's three weeks from yesterday, as we record this, that the uh, Season 5B will start. So we're getting there. We are getting there. Almost time for The Walking Dead to be back on and for us to get back to recapping and feedback and all the regular stuff. But we have this podcast to get through first, and who knows, maybe one more between now and then. We will see. But there's some other exciting things happening between now and then. Really? Yes, one of which is the Podcast Awards. Oh. And for the first time, I've decided, or we collectively decided, that we would throw ourselves in the ring, put our name in the hat, and see if we can come up on top uh, for any Podcast Awards. That'd be awesome. That would be really cool. So what we are doing right now, we're in the nomination phase right now. So they take a bunch of nominations, and then when they have the finalists... You have, at some point, there's a two-week period, I think, where you go and you vote once per day, every day for two weeks. And uh, if we get nominated, we'll talk about that. But right now, we just need to talk about nominating. So what we're asking everyone to do is visit podcastawards.com and nominate us in the entertainment and the people's choice categories. People's choice. Mm-hmm. People's choice. So what you do is you go to that page, and all the categories are listed there, and each one has a field for the name of the podcast you want to nominate and the URL. So if you can find Entertainment and People's Choice, put in The Talking Dead for the name and www.talkingdeadpodcast.com for the URL, we would really greatly appreciate that. And I don't think you have to do that more than once in this phase, but the more people that do it, the better. That'd be, there's some really good ones, uh, good uh, categories here. So uh, religion inspiration, mm-hmm. you know, could we go for that one? I really don't think so. Okay. Uh, sports, way no. No, unless no. I someday start that Maple Leafs podcast I've always wanted to do. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. Maybe we should do a combo Maple Leafs Lego podcast. I, I'm not sure how those really tie in together, but yeah, why not? Well, there wouldn't be a tie-in. It would just be separate segments of the same podcast. All right. Just random crap. That's what we'd call it, actually. <laughs> yeah, random random crap. All right. <laughs> uh, there, There is a category for best produced. I suppose we could throw ourselves in that one, but I don't want to ask too much, really. Well, yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather go for the entertainment category and people's choice. I mean, here's the, here's the deal with this year for the podcast awards. We all know... We all know that Serial is going to be nominated in every category available. Right. So I, you know, I think it's a bad year probably for us to do this because any category Serial is in, it's going to win. And Serial could very well be in entertainment and very will likely be in people's choice. So, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one this year, but I think we can do it. And to be honest, it would just be an honor to be nominated. <laughs> it would, it would, it would be, uh, it would be really excellent to be uh, nominated. Best produced, I think, is a, is there's two types of production, right? There's technical production, and then there's, uh, you know, production on on content, right? Right. So best produced, that's kind of ambiguous. Is it, uh, you know, is it the technology that it sounds, it's the best sounding podcast out there? Or is it something like Serial where they have a staff of people working full time for a year uh, putting content into the uh, into the show? Yeah, I don't think 
production is specifically about content. I think it's more about just the technical aspects of doing the podcast, how it sounds, how, um, how it's edited, if, if, if it is edited, um, right. or, or, and things like that. I don't think it's about the, the uh, content production. Do we need a, uh, a board with sounds, like with fart noises and things? Well, would I that, could... Would that help us in that category, do you think? Maybe. I could rig that up if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I could just make fart noises. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a whole slew of them. <laughs> then you should be the one with the fart board, okay? <laughs> yeah. You'll be that. You'll be in charge of that. And I think we just lost that category. <laughs> what are you kidding? I'm really good at fart noises. All righty. I've well, got about 30 of them. Just sprinkle them in during the show if you want, and we'll lose okay. all our listeners. Sure. Uh, so podcastawards.com, nominate The Talking Dead in Entertainment and People's Choice. And the URL, of course, is talkingdeadpodcast.com. Thank you greatly to everyone who does that. Nominations are open for the next few weeks, but uh, get them in fast and early, and uh, hopefully we can get nominated. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All righty. I'm going to play an entry in our 2015 Season 5 Favorite Scene Contest. This is the best part. It, it's really good part, yeah. And uh, I'm going to let this, uh, I'm going to let Diane from Willow, Alaska introduce it herself. So Ooh. here we go. This is my favorite scene from Episode 3, Season 1, Tell It to the Frogs. I do miss my Maytag. I miss my Benz, my Satnav. I miss my coffee maker with that dual drip filter and built-in grinder, honey. My computer and texting. I miss my vibrator. Oh, oh my god! Me too. <laughs> What's so funny? Just swapping war stories, Ed. Yeah. Problem, Ed? Nothing that concerns you, and you ought to focus on your work. This ain't no comedy club. Awesome. Thank you, Diane, for that fantastic entry. It was awesome. It was very good. Uh, and uh, you know what I liked about that one? What, that they, uh, she said vibrator? Well, that. But also, I heard the laughing sounded very genuine. It wasn't fake forced laughing. I, got, I really believe she was laughing at something hilarious. Yeah, that was excellent. It's very good. Thank you. If you want to send in an entry just like that, you just need a way to record yourself, and you need a way to choose your favorite scene from The Walking Dead or, you know, whatever. We call it favorite scene, but choose a scene that you want to read. And uh, record yourself with you and your friends or just by yourself doing it. Send it in to us. We will throw it in the pile for uh, for um, the contest, and we'll choose a winner after Season 5 ends. Um, email your entries to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, um, now a couple of follow-ups from last week. Corrections? No, not corrections, just follow-ups uh, where there is more information available. One of the things we talked about ad nauseum last week was the Season 5 teaser trailer. Sorry, yep. the Season 5B teaser trailer. Um, and we speculated as to why Chandler Riggs was not in that trailer, and most right. of the rest of the cast was. Jason, do you remember what your explanation for him not being there was? Uh, he was dead? No, he's not dead. You had, a, you had an actual reason. He was in school and couldn't get away. Clearly, you didn't listen to the show because that <laughs> no, wasn't. No, I don't either. listen. I don't even. I barely listen to what I say as I'm saying it. Well, that's obvious. Do you want to take one more shot before I tell you? <laughs> uh, no, just tell me. He had a date. Oh, well, that's what you said. That he. So he was on a date and he didn't like. I'm not doing that stupid trailer. Right. I'm going out with this this person. Yeah. Okay. That that uh, that brings uh, the memory back. Rings yeah. a bell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you said he had a date. Well, when asked why he wasn't in the trailer by uh, somebody interviewing him, here's what he had to say. He said, well, I bought tickets to go to Boston to see Hannah, and they had scheduled the shooting of that to not be on those days. But then Norman had a convention on the day that trailer was going to be shot, and I guess they wanted Norman more than me, so they switched the days and told me about it like three days before they shot it. Hannah is actress Hannah Hayes, 
who Chandler Riggs has been dating <laughs> for a few months. <laughs> well, so he was on a date. He actually was on a date. He flew to Boston to see his girlfriend, and uh, they met in a movie called Mercy together, which also starred Mark Duplass and Dylan McDermott, and uh, little Chandler there has uh, got himself a girlfriend. Well, so I guess I was right. You are some sort of clairvoyant, and you could predict what Chandler Riggs is doing at any moment. Well, how old is Chandler, Chandler Riggs right now? 14. He's 14. Yes. And he's a 14-year-old who can afford to fly around the country to visit his girlfriend. Yeah, well, I don't... Uh, when was I 14 and did I have a girlfriend? Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I wasn't on TV, so probably not. <laughs> probably not, yeah. <laughs> probably not. You were 14 an awful long time ago, just like me. You know, if I when I was fourteen and somebody scheduled something and I I said uh, yeah I, I can I can make it and then scheduled uh you know going to visit a uh, a, a pretty lady uh, around that yeah and then they changed the dates and I would have to cancel my pretty lady trip I don't think I would go I I don't think I would do the thing I'd be like I'm going to see a pretty lady sorry yeah some things are just uh, more important to fourteen year olds yeah. Especially 14-year-olds with huge bank accounts. Yeah, and going to work is not one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anyways, um, since you can predict what he's doing, what's Chandler Riggs doing right now? Uh, he's playing a video game right now. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Probably <laughs> right about that. <laughs> that's All what right. I'm doing. <laughs> of course you are. You're a multitasker. <laughs> that's right. All right, one more. Um, a follow-up on the spin-off show, which is something else, of course, we, we talked about a lot last time. And Robert Kirkman just threw out a, a new quote out there about the show, and I'm going to read it because I thought it was kind of interesting. And, okay. and in Robert Kirkman style, not interesting at all. So Kirkman said, I will say <clears throat> that this is going to be a show about family, but it's going to be a show about a different type of family than we've explored in The Walking Dead thus far. So what we're trying to do, trying to do with the spinoff is keep the story as familiar as possible for people that love The Walking Dead, so you'll get the kind of things that you expect from a Walking Dead story, but at the same time, we'll want to tell these stories in a completely different way, with completely different people, in a completely different setting that's going to make for a fundamentally different show. I think the look and feel of The Walking Dead spinoff is going to be startlingly different. Right. So, what can we learn from this statement? It sounds like marketing non-speak. So he's just trying to ensure everyone that it's not going to be exactly the same thing. You're going to want to tune in yeah. because, because you know, you'll be missing something if you don't. Yeah, it's, it basically he's saying it's going to be everything you know and love, and it's going to be exactly what you expect, only totally different and awesome. That kind of sounds like exactly what he's saying, yeah. yeah. Um, the thing is, I mean, there are ways to do... Uh, you know, a zombie show in a very different style. I mean, Z Nation is pretty different than The Walking Dead. Yeah. And obviously there are so many different zombie movies that all have different styles and feels to them and stuff like that. So, like, is this, you know, is it possible that this spinoff show could actually be vastly different? Or is The Walking Dead just so ingrained in its ways that we're going to get something that feels kind of the same, just with different characters in Los Angeles. I suspect we're going to get uh, something that feels the same, only with different characters in a different location. Mm -hmm. Are you worried about that? A little bit. Yeah, I must admit, honest. me too. Um, I, I don't want exactly the same thing. And I think we've said that a million times as this show has been, or as we've been talking about this potential spinoff show. You know, we wanted it to be in a vastly different location, which... I guess L.A. to Georgia is far away, but it's not, in my mind, vastly different. No. Um, or or maybe, you know, very different characters or a very different time frame. And it sounds like this show is going to be early on in the apocalypse, but it's still not, you know, like 50 years in the future or something crazy like that. So um, I'm with you. I'm a little bit worried that this is going to feel like more of the same with new characters. But if we can believe Robert Kirkman, it's going to be startlingly different. Startlingly different. Yes. So I'm going to be startled. It's not going to be. I'm not going to be impressed by it. I'm not going to be uh, uh, saddened by it. I'm going to be startled. Yeah. I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to be worried. But I will be startled. You will. You will. You will shiver in your seat for a moment, and then you'll go on with your watching it. 
does that mean a cat is going to jump out at one of the characters from a high place and scream and hiss like they do in the movies? Because Maybe. we haven't had that in this TV show, and uh, that would be startling. Well, not cats anyways, but we've had other things jump out of nowhere and scream and hiss. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, hopefully it's on. Well, it'll be on sometime later this year, 2015. So, we'll be watching, and we'll find out. Man, 2015's running out fast. Oh, at this rate, it'll be on any day now. Yeah. Any day. Alrighty, let's move on. The Walking Dead News. Going to get caught up on The Walking Dead News, and after that we are going to talk about The Walking Dead novel Descent. It's called The Walking Dead Descent, not The Walking Dead novel Descent. <laughs> no, right. Novel Descent. <laughs> uh, we'll be doing that after the news, so if, uh, if I forgot to mention that before, stay tuned for that. First, though... The Walking Dead news. There's been some new actors cast on the main show. Oh, cool. Not the spinoff show. Um, and we're going to talk about them here. First one is a guy named Ross Marcand, or Marcond. If you're looking him up, that's M-A-R-Q-U-A-N-D. And I have not seen a lot of stuff that he's been in, uh, although he did play Paul Newman on Mad Men. If, okay. If you remember oh. that at all. What season? I don't know. Probably says it there, though. Um, and he voiced Han Solo on Phineas and Ferb. So an, another Phineas and Ferb veteran comes to The Walking Dead. I don't think you've seen that show either, though. I don't even know what that show is. It's a cartoon show. My kids watched it a little bit. Well, that's why. And I think that's it. I haven't seen anything else he's been in, although he has been uh, acting for a while. Now, no information on who he is playing, but... There are big-time rumors out there that he will be playing a character from the comic named Aaron. And those rumors are founded on something that Robert Kirkman said on AMC's Talking Dead on November 30th. He said that a very prominent gay character from the comics would be appearing on the show. Right. There was some controversy over Daryl Dixon being gay, and I never talked about it here because I didn't feel it was important. But I think Kirkman was probably asked about that, and he said no. Daryl Dixon's not gay, but we are going to have a gay character who's in the comics come on the show. Right. And if you go look up Aaron in the comics, he kind of looks like this guy, um, uh, Ross Mark Markand, in real life. So everyone seems to think that if this is going to be the one. The time frame fits, too, for what Aaron does in the comics. So uh, that's that's people's best guess at this point. Well, that'll be fun. It will be. Have you ever seen Ross in anything? Do you recognize him? No, I haven't. I, no, I do not recognize him at all. I've been looking around, but nope. He's just got nothing. He's just a guy, eh? Just this guy, you know? Yeah, but he's not even he's not even a that guy for me. No, he's just some guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's a random guy. Yeah. All right. Also, now this was this came back from in October, uh, but somehow we either missed it or didn't get a chance to talk about it. And an actress named Alexandra Breckenridge has been cast. Now, no role has been, or no character name has been announced, um, but IMDb has her listed in episode 9, 12, and 15 so far. And if you look her up, she has been in a million things. I don't really recognize her, but I've seen a lot of stuff that she's been in. Seems to be, have been around for a while, uh, including things like Family Guy, American Horror Story, True Blood, and Save Me, lots of, lots of other TV shows, too. Life Unexpected, The X List, Dirt. Dirt, oh, yeah. Dirt, Dirt, the movie? Was that a movie? TV sh no, the TV show. You're thinking of Joe Dirt. I may be, yes. <laughs> Which was awesome, and you should go watch that. Okay, maybe I will. So she's been around for a while. Um, oh, the, the uh, casting breakdown, according to Hollywood Reporter, was that her character was Samantha. Um, she's an attractive, strong, smart, charming, and articulate woman with a vulnerable side. She's a mother with a bohemian spirit and is a talented artist. Oh, well, there you go. Um, but Samantha, of course, is probably a code name because that's what they do in casting announcements. Mm -hmm. What about her? Do you have any feeling on her? Have you seen her before? Uh, I think I recognize her from American Horror Story, but she's got one of those, for me, it's kind of a generic look, and I have a hard time telling, uh, I would have a hard time telling her apart from like 64,000 other people that sort of look like her. Oh, wait, no, I got it. Uh, it was the first American Horror Story. She was the uh, the maid, that uh, the young maid. Oh yes, that was hitting on the on the husband. Yep, 
there's a picture. I was just leafing through pictures of her in the uh, uh, in IMDb, and there's one in her of her in the maid outfit. Ah, so, yeah, I totally got her now. Okay, well there you go, Alexandra Breckenridge as possibly Samantha, but that's probably a code name. Um, Put her in a slutty maid outfit and dye her hair red, and I'll recognize her right away. <laughs> yeah, that was that was her character on American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, she's appearing on The Walking Dead in season. 5B. Um, and since we were talking about new cast members, I thought I'd do something I haven't done <clears throat> in a long time, and that is to go to the IMDb and run through all of the upcoming episodes to see who's listed, who might be new, and uh, give them a shout out here. So there are a few people on there that are listed, you know, as Walker and stuff like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go through them, unfortunately, but there are three actors who are cast in... Uh, either one or more episodes, and some of them have, well, one of them has a character name and some doesn't, so we're going to go through them really quickly. Billy Shepard as Jamie, listed in episode 5.9, number 10, and number 13. And Billy Shepard, whom I think is a woman, to be honest, although it's B-I-L-L-Y, was in Zombievers. I don't know if you ever watched Zombievers, (laughs) zombie beaver movie from last year. Sounds wonderful. Oh, yeah. I've seen the beginning. I, I had to turn it off, though. Um, not because I wasn't enjoying it, but because I didn't have time to finish it. So I've just seen the beginning. Um, and Billy Shepard was also in EastEnders, which I think is an American remake of a British show, but I could be wrong about that. So uh, Yeah, I don't know. So there you go. Um, Zombievers, I say go watch if you like zombie beavers, because who doesn't really? And uh, Billy Shepard. So also in episode number 12, we have Michael Trainor as somebody. And he's from Rectify. He was in Rectify, um, a, a show I really want to watch someday. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I recognize Re- uh, Rectify. What, oh, that, what's, that's that show. What is it about? Uh, it's, um, I forget the network it's on, but I believe it's about a guy who is released from prison and goes back to his family. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my wife watched that. Uh, I don't think I saw much of it. I've heard it's very, very good, so it's on my short list of things to watch. Um, but I, I bring up Michael Trainer because he's clearly, you know, done some other roles. It's unlikely that he'd just be cast as an extra or a zombie or something like that. So he may be on The Walking Dead Season 5B. And finally, we've got Jesse C. Boyd, another unnamed character in episode number 16. And Jesse Boyd was in... The Constantine TV show, which I haven't seen. Sleep, nope. Sleepy Hollow, which you might have watched. I don't know. Nope. Nope. All right. And the originals. Also didn't see. No, me either. Uh, but again, Jesse Boyd, been around a little bit, done some acting. So if he's going to be on The Walking Dead, likely in a uh, actual character role, who knows? Could be one episode, then he's killed off. You never know. But uh, they're on there. So if the in- if the internet... Nope, the uh, International Movie Database? Internet Movie Database? Inaccurate Movie Database? <clears throat> What's the... It's Internet, right? Yeah, Internet. Okay. I stands for Internet. I always stands for Internet. If they have anything to say about it, those those three folks are going to be on the show coming Not up. Not always. Sometimes it stands for Interactivity. Yeah, okay. Well, the Interactivity Movie Database? No, it's Internet uh, Movie <laughs> Database in this case, but <laughs> it, it, I doesn't always stand for Internet. No, I guess you're right. Um, so there we go. We will see. We'll see how all this plays out in the second half of this season. But uh, I have a feeling we're going to get introduced to a bunch of new characters before the end of season five. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Okay. A um, couple more quick news items around some awards. Fucking Dead is not known for its award nominations, but it mm-hmm. got a couple here. Um, so Makeup and Hairstylists Guild Awards. Nice. They have a they have a whole guild. Yeah, they do. They have just a like whole the lollipop guild, guild. <laughs> except for makeup artists and hairstylists. Right. Maybe they suck lollipops all day. I I don't know. No, the lollipop guild makes lollipops. They don't just Ooh, you know they don't consume just, them. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, the not, the Walking Dead is up for two awards: the best contemporary makeup, and uh, it's up against a number of other shows, including Dancing with the Stars, which I find an odd pairing. Uh, but also House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Sons of Anarchy, and True Detective. And The Walking Dead specifically makeup artists Essie Cha, Mayumi Marukami, and Chantel Langston. 
are uh, are nominated for contemporary makeup. Right. Well, that you know, contemporary makeup separates it from uh, period makeup. Right. Right. So, which is good, and I'm just I'm thinking Dancing with the Stars. I'm sure that they spackle on a hell of a lot of makeup onto those uh, st- you know old older stars that go on that show. Yeah, they look happy and young and oh. vivacious. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You get an older older movie star, older right. you know um, not so relevant movie star. You need a lot of makeup on those people. Right. Okay, well, there you go. So contemporary makeup. The other category is best special effects. Sorry, best special makeup effects. And The Walking Dead here, the artists are, of course, Greg Nicotero and Jake Garber, one of his team members, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And they're up against Boardwalk Empire, Grim, Sleepy Hollow, and Sons of Anarchy. Right. So good luck to everybody who's nominated for one of these awards. We hope you win. You certainly deserve it. It would be nice... For The Walking Dead to get some of that recognition. I hope someone that is nominated wins. As opposed to just some random guy. Yeah. You know, because I guess they could do that. If it's a guild award, who knows what those those guild members are going to do, right? Do they have to vote for one of the nominees or can they vote for somebody else? And, uh, you know, popes have been elected that way. Like you know? like as a write-in ballot? <laughs> Like as a write-in ballot, usually when uh, when when all the cardinals are uh, are voting for who they think should be pope, what they do is they vote for some random guy, uh, just to gauge what the other cardinals are, uh, you know, how they're they're going to vote. And one time, I forget, I think it was it, it was hundreds of years ago, where uh, it just coincidentally a bunch of them voted for this random guy, and there was enough votes for him to be elected pope, so he became pope. So you mean they vote for people to, like, they do multiple rounds of voting. So they vote for someone to see how the first round comes out. That's right. And then the second round, they tailor their vote based on what happened in the yeah. first round. So they just everybody just votes for somebody random, who not who they actually think that, or not who they want to vote for. They just vote for some random guy just to, you know, get the, the uh, gauge the room. That's weird. So I don't think that can happen in contemporary award voting, but you never know. You never know. It's true. Well, hopefully the Walking Dead people win, because I'd like to see them get some recognition for their fine work. The Makeup Artists and Hairstylists Guild Awards will be held on February the 14th at Paramount Studios in Hollywood, California. Happy Valentine's Day. Also on February 14th, 2015, but at the Millennium Biltmore in Los Angeles, California, are the CAS Sound Awards. CAS stands for... Uh, I don't know, something audio, something. I didn't write it down. Um, but if you can, oh, Cinema Audio Society. I did write it down. Oh, good. I'm, I'm right on top of things. So they released their list of candidates for sound awards. And uh, you'll recognize a few of these shows here. Boardwalk Empire, Game of Thrones, Homeland, True Detective, and The Walking Dead, specifically for the episode No Sanctuary. Hmm. So that's season five, episode one. And our nominees in this case are production mixer Michael P. Clark, re-recording mixer Gary D. Rogers, and re-recording mixer Daniel J. Hilland. So uh, congratulations to those guys for getting nominated, and we hope you win. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see after February 14th. I don't know. They Sometimes they announce these nominations, and then it's impossible to follow up and find out who actually won. But uh, I'll try to remember to do that and see if we have any winners amongst us. Well- well, maybe nobody wins. Maybe that's the thing, is that they couldn't come to any kind of consensus. They had 380 people vote, and they voted for 380 different <laughs> candidates. See, that's why that doesn't work. That's why you need to stick to the, the schedule and vote for one of the nominated people. Makes more right. sense to me. All righty, that is it for The Walking Dead news. Now we are going to talk about The Walking Dead colon Descent. This is the... Fifth novel in the series yeah. of Walking Dead novels. Yeah. Um, because the third one was split into two, so that makes four in the trilogy, and this is the fifth, right. So this is called The Walking Dead Descent. It is written by Jay Bonansinga, the same guy that wrote the other ones, with Robert Kirkman overseeing it. We recently finished it. In fact, you very recently finished it. Very recently finished it. It's going to be fresh in your mind. So after I read this uh, description, I'm going to let you go first, but... From Amazon.com, they write, Out of the ashes of its dark past, 
Woodbury, Georgia, becomes an oasis of safety amidst the plague of the walking dead, a town reborn in the wake of its formerly tyrannical leader, the governor. His legacy of madness haunts every nook and cranny of this little walled community, but Lily Call and a small ragtag band of survivors are determined to overcome their traumatic past. There's more to it, but I think that sums it up right there, and we don't need to go anymore. So, Jason, since you finished this reading, finished reading this book not moments ago. Before well, we... it was more than moments ago. It was about uh, maybe four o'clock this afternoon. Geologically speaking, it was <laughs> mere moments. I'm still listening to it. Geologically speaking, <laughs> yes. There's no distinction between then and now. I seem to remember you enjoyed the um, the last book in the series, the second uh, part of um, oh, the fall of Woodbury, uh, the fall of the governor, the fall of the governor. Yeah, sorry. I enjoyed the second half of the first part of the fall of the governor, and did enjoy the second part of the fall of the governor. And you know what? I think I enjoyed this one just a little bit more than the last one. So these books are getting better as we go along. That's good news. Tell me what you liked about it. Break it down for me. Well, uh, I like the words that they used and the combination of letters. I'm not a book critic, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but you got to <laughs> I think be able... overall the characters seemed a little more fleshed out. I uh, I, I really liked uh, Bob Stuckey as a character in this uh, in this book. Uh, I liked the story. Uh, I think it. It are are we spoiling? Can we spoil? Oh, I always struggle with this these novels because a novel is the kind of thing that sometimes it takes a, people a long time to get around to seeing, right? Like, right. Uh, sorry, seeing, to reading. <laughs> right, you know, so Moby Dick we can spoil, but this one we probably shouldn't. I, I don't want to entirely spoil it, but, I mean, it could be considered a spoiler that, you know, just uh, just acknowledging that Lily Call is, is in this book. Um, but let's, it says let's, so. It says so in the description you just you just. It read. does, but if you haven't read the, the the other ones in the series, I mean, she's a prominent character in those books, oh, too. Oh, right. So yeah. you, you don't, now you're going to read them and be like, oh, she, she lives. So, right, so if I say there's Captain Kirk is in this book, then, you know, it really kind of spoils what's going to happen. It really is going to mess people up, that's for sure. <laughs> right, Captain Kirk and, and Captain Picard and Captain Janeway, and uh, they, are, they all get together. All the other captains, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's try, let's not give the whole thing away. But uh, I mean, if if you need to say something, you need to say it. So, okay. So what I'm going to say is, uh, by looking at the cover of this book, if I look at the cover of this book on Amazon, it says Robert Kirkman's "The The Walking Dead: Descent," and it's a picture of people in a tunnel. Yes, it is. Okay. So that's as much as I'm going to spoil. Okay. Good. So uh, there are tunnels. <laughs> Yes. Oh, sorry. I might have spoiled that. There's a tunnel, at least. <laughs> Fine. And what is it about the tunnels that did it worked or didn't work for you? It didn't really work for me because it just seemed a little convenient. Mm. It seemed like, you know, uh, we really need, we don't want to exactly leave Woodbury, but we don't want to necessarily stay there. So what do we do? We need another aspect of Woodbury in order to make it, uh, to use it as a plot kind of device. Mm -hmm. And so the answer is tunnel. Right, tunnel. And it just seemed a little convenient for me. I don't believe it. I, I don't think that uh, tunnel existed. A tunnel with a capital T, it's now a character. Uh, it's named Tunnel. So I, I just I find it a little bit annoying that uh, that tunnel is there. Well, what I was wondering, I'll start by saying that Beginning this book, I was a little bit disappointed in that it continued to take place in Woodbury. You know, we had four books before this one all about the governor and how he got to Woodbury, how he took over Woodbury, how he ruled Woodbury, and how Woodbury came, or his fall, or his demise in and around Woodbury. And I was hoping this would be a complete fresh start this book. Complete fresh start. Even though we have some of the same characters, I was hoping Woodbury would be left in the past and we'd be moving on to something else. I was kind of hoping we'd get all new characters. Like we'd just kind of make a clean break and we'd start a new storyline. Yes. I think the fall of the governor part two, you know, the ending, and that was it. <laughs> I, you know, I was just hoping that we'd get a fresh start with somebody named Jim and his buddy Joe and their, their two dogs, Wreck and Roscoe. 
that they would go off on uh, you know wonderful adventures together. I don't know. That's what I was hoping for. I don't know why you don't write these things down and send them into people and say, "Hey, I've got a treatment for your next novel." Jim and Joe and their dogs Wreck and Roscoe <laughs> go on an <laughs> <Yeah>. adventure. <laughs> you know what? Well, yeah, that's a children's book idea right there. Well, yeah, because you know you got a dog named Roscoe. He's gonna do stuff because <laughs> he's a dog named Roscoe. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And his favorite cat friend, Flash. Oh, the cat's got to be named Flash. Um, I agree with you that I that I think this book, or it would have been nice if if they just, you know, cut the governor story, finished it off, and then started something all new here. Um, new characters, new setting, new everything. I agree with you. That would have been great. But um, I don't mind keeping the same characters because... You know, some of the characters, their story wasn't necessarily finished. It's just I was hoping they'd branch out a little bit more and not stay in Woodbury the whole time. Right. Now, that said, um, I kind of enjoyed this book, too. Uh, I don't know if I liked it more than any of the other ones. Um, I think I have been—I think these books have grown on me as we've been taking them in over the last three or four years. Um Although, to me, this was a little bit more of the same, um, but I don't really consider that a bad thing, necessarily. No, and I, I would agree with that. And I think the uh, the dividing line between the books I like and the books I didn't like is the phrase, ejaculating blood. It's, the first two books contain the phrase, ejaculating blood. That's right. The last three did not. And I liked those a lot more, and I was kind of, I was half listening for it. You know, I was expecting it to make a, you know, rear its ugly head once again in the Jay Boninsinga vernacular, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. So I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And delighted. For me, um, the, the, the one single phrase in, uh, that bothers me the most in these books has been in all five of them. And that is his mis- the reader's mispronunciation of the word foyer. Now, I know, <laughs> I know, I'm going to get my. Head bitten off for that one. Foyer is a is a a valid way of pronouncing that word. I know for for a vast majority of the English speaking word world, but for me and for the rest of Canada at least, the word and France, I guess the word is foyer, not foyer, even though it's right. spelled with an R on the end. Um, but I can let that go, and I'll try to never bring it up again unless I said that the last time we reviewed a book. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't totally. think you can let it go because you keep bringing it up. I'll try to let it go. I'm sorry. Anyhow, this book in general is pretty good. I think if you're going to either love it or hate it, if you like the style of these novels, this one doesn't break any new ground stylistically, really. So if you like that, you're going to be on board with this. The story I thought was. Pretty good. Um, it was a little bit, for me, it, was, it wasn't It was any bigger or any smaller than the older books, um, but I thought Tunnel was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, especially if these, the concept of this tunnel is, is real. Like if there are actually these tunnels under Georgia um, and they exist in real life, then I'm totally on board with it because there, there's no reason that one wouldn't be there in the novel, right? And hell, in the zombie apocalypse, if you can find a tunnel between towns, that's yeah. that's cool. I mean, that's super useful, right? It is, yeah. So this book what did have a lot of similar aspects to the previous book. So much like Robert Kirkman, what he said was, it's everything you know and love with characters that you can uh, you can rely on, yet everything is completely different and startlingly you know, fantastic. Startlingly fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm trying to say that I don't think it's all that different. I just no, it really isn't that much that 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 different. And uh, you were talking about tunnel. Uh, if you can find a tunnel that uh, goes between towns, and I, I'm not entirely sure you can. Like I don't I don't know that these tu- this this t- tunnel system exists. Well, I mean, they say in the novel that they're built as part of the underground underground railroad, right? Yeah, taking it a little literal, I think. Oh, I I agree. That's it sounds too literal, but it's I'm not sh- an actual underground railroad. Well, no, there was no trains running down there, but no, I mean, but and digging a tunnel, you know, from one town to another, is akin to, uh, you know, building a network of highways across the United States. It's a huge undertaking it is totally and i'm 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 skeptical that it's it's based in reality at all but i'm not 
totally convinced that it's not. Like there may be short tunnels, you know, around, all around the state or around the, the country. Who knows? Um, yeah. What their original purpose was, I don't know if they were actually built to move people around like that. I don't know. But um, the tunnel in this book does sound rather extensive. You can get pretty far. Um, and it's, it's, you know, a bit nuts that it wouldn't have been discovered before now, right? In, in a zombie apocalypse, you'd think they would have yeah. known it was there or discovered it. But, you know, if there are tunnels in real life, there can be tunnels in the book. And even if they're not in real life, you can have tunnels in the book. So I was okay with it. I thought it made for kind of an interesting dynamic in that they could travel places without having to walk above ground in danger of the zombies. So what they need is uh, uh, flying cars as well. That'd be just about <laughs> as, as realistic as this. I, I think you're you know, taking it too far. I think tunnels are way... you can't go through them, you got to go over them. If you can't go over them, you go under no, them. No, tunnels are way more plausible than flying cars. Well, yeah, because tunnels exist, flying cars don't. There you, you go. Know, just in reality. Why not Are take... you familiar with the, with the concept of the Underdark? I was going to say, why not take a magic unicorn if you're going to go flying cars? But no, Underdark, what is this? This the uh, That's the D&D. Uh, basically, there's a whole world underneath the surface of our world that has its own creatures and cities and highways and tunnels. Like f- so. physically beneath the surface of the earth, like what Jules Verne yes. found in 20... Uh, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth? Yes, okay. exactly that. It's 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 the underdark. It's there's uh, dark elves live down there. It's essentially an entire world uh, of uh, with society and dangers of its own uh, built inside caverns and tunnels uh, underneath our own. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. You know, the descent. They find the, they find this tunnel, and I'm like, yeah, they're going to the underdark, <laughs> and they pretty much did. You know, and it's as fantastical as the Underdark. You know, mm-hmm. you go along this tunnel and you're going for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, and then you find a city, a secret underground city. They didn't find a city, but, you know, that's what would happen in the Underdark is you'd find this underground city. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I was hoping that they would get to the Underdark, but uh, they really didn't. Okay, well, they did not, and uh, thankfully they did not. Um, what they do do, though, is is use these tunnels to get around. They go on a mission to rescue some people, and uh, they bring them back to Woodbury and try to integrate them into the Woodbury society. Um, let's talk about, briefly, the, the beginning of this book. Um, it's not really a spoiler. It happens fairly near the beginning of the book, and... As we're sort of ramping up into the storyline here, one of the things, basically the first thing this group has to do is deal with what they call a super herd that is coming towards right. Woodbury. And I, I wasn't going to mention the super herd. Why not? Well, because it just it seems a little spoilery. Well, but you've already done it. You've already pulled the trigger on this. So let's talk about the super herd. I have. It, this is, I, I bring it up because it's kind of a standalone set piece within this novel like it's at the beginning and once it's dealt with they don't i mean it's referred to once or twice but they don't go back to it and it's not really um well the super herd itself as it is at the beginning isn't really a factor later on right and um what they do and i won't i won't give away too much but what they do is they try to use fire in a certain way to divert this herd And I think the way it's described in the book and the thought process of everybody involved and then what actually happens is really, really awesome and super entertaining. And it was, it was kind of fun. I mean, it's, it's filled with, uh, you know, basic dumbassery where you just, you don't think through an entire problem before acting on your solution. Yeah. But I like that. I mean, if no, and it's real, yeah, it's real because you know, you, you, you deal with things in, uh, you know, the way that you think that would be perfectly logical and it makes sense. It's just you're making certain assumptions. You don't realize you're making these certain assumptions, mm-hmm. but you're making certain assumptions that just don't hold up in reality. No, no, they don't. And it doesn't really work out the way they think it's going to work out. So yeah. I'll be honest with you, that at least starting this book is worth it for that for that scene, for the first third or so as, as this is going on. So... um. I really liked that part. I, I didn't mind where the story went from there and uh, how it ultimately all ends up and resolves. 
<clears throat> I was satisfied with. Yeah. So I, w I do kind of look forward to the next one. We've got two more in the Descent series. <laughs> so we got two more in the Descent series specifically. Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's. I don't know if it's going to be called Descent, but it's going to follow. Pick up where this one leaves off. So, so it's going to be the Walking Dead colon Descent colon the Underdark, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be the Walking Dead Descent to the Underdark. Right. So, and then Descent from the Underdark. Oh my God! See to the Overworld. <laughs> Again, I don't know why you aren't writing these, my friend. <laughs> um. So those, I guess the next one will come out in the fall of 2015, I imagine. I think they put out one a year, so that's it. And uh, we will see. I should have asked Jay Bonansingo when I did his panel at Walker Stalker Con, New York, New Jersey. But, right, yeah. But I next didn't. time, sit down with him and say, so uh, tell me what you're planning. Well, at least... And give me a synopsis and a plot outline, if you wouldn't mind. At least schedule-wise, anyways. Right. Um, okay, so you said at the beginning that you like this one a little bit more. So this book is your favorite of the five, it sounds like, so far. So far, yeah. That's exciting. That's really good. Um, yeah. Me, I don't know. I, I really have a hard time putting these in any sort of ranked order, but I do like this one more than the original couple, and I'm not sure. There were things I didn't really love about the first and second part of the third book in the trilogy, the ones before this. So, you know what? I might have liked this one the most, too, I think. Well, there you go. That's exciting. So if you want to pick it up, uh, you can get it from Audible. If you go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead, you can get this book, The Walking Dead Descent, for free as your free book with a free 30-day trial, or just go pick it up in a bookstore near you. Um, or, of course, you're already an Audible listener. You can just go there and get it. But we'd love to hear what you think about it. So uh, let us know if you're a big fan of these books or if not and why. Uh, send emails to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com and I'm sure next year we'll be back with our review of The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman's The Walking Dead Descent to Welcome to the Underworld. What, That's right. What is it? Dark World? The Underdark. The Underdark. Descent to the Underdark. Okay. I'm looking at this book on Amazon, and you know how they have uh, the prices for different uh, editions? They have a hardcover, paperback, mass market paperback, audio CD, and Kindle edition. Right now, I'm not sure if it's me or if it's uh, Amazon.ca, but the Kindle edition is $0. Well, that's crazy town. So... so I don't know uh, if that's, uh, maybe it's, you know, I placed an order on Amazon a little while ago, so maybe they're offering this to me for free, but right now it looks like it, the Kindle edition is $0. Well, that sounds suspicious to me, but I mean, if that's the case, then go get the Kindle edition from Amazon. Well, maybe it's because, uh, you know, Amazon and Audible are the same company, right? Mm -hmm. And I did buy it on Audible, so maybe once I bought it on Audible, I can get it on the Kindle absolutely free. I think that's what it is. You, okay. I think that's it. When you get it on one, you get it on both. I, I believe okay. if you go to the Audible page for the book, it'll say um, buy here and, and receive it on the Kindle too. So, Well, that's even more reason to go to Audible and get this book. Very much so. But of course, use audibletrial.com slash talking dead if you're not already an Audible uh, subscriber. And if you go to Amazon, use our Amazon link, amazon.talkingdeadpodcast.com for the U.S. store. Um, I really didn't mean this to devolve into a self-promotion. So, uh, you know, read it if you want. If not, that's great. All right. Um, so, Jason, what are we going to do in the next few weeks before The Walking Dead comes back? I'm going to be away in Florida for f six days or seven days. Yep. Um, over, you know, our next sort of reg our next scheduled day for a podcast, which would be next week. So we're not going to be doing that. But as I always say when I when I go somewhere, if you see me there, Say hi. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you, yeah, if you're in Florida and you happen to be in the location that Chris randomly is in and you recognize him, yep. say hi. Say hi. I love to get said hi to by people uh, who listen when I'm traveling the world. I will be in Marathon, one of the keys, Marathon Key. I don't know what if that's, I don't know if you're supposed to say Marathon Florida or Marathon Key Florida. I don't know. Anyways, I'll be there for a few days and then I'm driving north to the Palm Beach area. North Palm Beach area for nice. a few days. So That sounds lovely. It's going to be nice. At least one of those days, I'll be wearing my Talking Dead podcast t-shirt. So if you see that, you know it's me. You should buy a hat with your name on it so people know who you are. 
<laughs> Let's get hats. We'll get custom made hats with our names on them. I had a shirt with my name on it, and everybody kept saying hi, Jason. And I for a, for a while there, I was confused as to how the hell they knew me. Well, you should get a shirt that says "Just in Time, Jason," because that's your new name. Yeah, because I, uh, I I I did the uh, the actor spotlight last week, just in time, and I finished listening to this book just in time. I meant to do it over the weekend, but the weekend kind of got away from me. That's what happens. That's what happens on the weekend. Um, and uh, your wife said to me once that she calls you just in time, Jason. That's true. There you go. <laughs> um, all righty, let's wrap this thing up. So again, I'm I'm not sure what we're gonna do. We will we will likely do one more podcast before the show comes back. But if not, we will be back on the day after the season five B premiere to recap that episode. And then we'll get right back into the swing of things and uh, do your feedback on the following Wednesday and so on and so on ad infinitum or ad nauseum, or at least until the show finishes. Right. Um, uh, what's the other thing? The, uh, record your favorite scene contest. Just remind you one more time, get those in. I want to try to play one on every episode of this podcast. If we can, uh, maybe you and I should do one, Jason, just for, for fun to get people inspired. So think about a scene. If you want to do it, think about a scene and tell me and we'll record it. I already know the scene. Okay. Well then, uh, tell me and we'll, we we talked about this scene. We said we were going to do the last scene where Shane and Rick talk to each other. Because we did the first scene that Shane and Rick talked to each other. Oh, yeah. All right, let's do that. Let's try to do that for the next time we record. Okay. All right, good. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, give us a call. Toll-free number is 1-844-483-ZOMB. That's 9662. You can get us on Twitter at Talking Dead or hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. You can email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And please, please, please go to podcastawards.com and nominate us in the entertainment and people's choice category. Put in the name The Talking Dead, the URL talkingdeadpodcast.com, and let's hope we can uh, get nominated and uh, win more awards than The Walking Dead TV show has. <laughs> which, <laughs> is, be awesome. which isn't true, but you know. It's, we'll see. Let's see how it goes. Maybe we can get an award for uh, best contemporary makeup. Sure. Why not? I'm wearing my contemporary makeup right now. Yeah, as am I. Very good. All right. Thanks, uh, everybody. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.